hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Now, sometimes in life, you just have to do the thing that brings you the most joy. Sometimes you can't see how you're going to do it or how it's going to turn out. Sometimes you don't see all the adjustments that you need to make on the way, but we really need to chase the joy. Now, today's guest is all about that. And I'll tell you what, she's been through a hell of a lot of hardships to get to where she is today, but she just loves what she does. So let me tell you about it. Bronwyn Manley hails from New South Wales, where the local environment caused endless allergies, which hampered her desire to grow her own food. Finally, her move to regional Victoria gave wings to her dreams. Starting out in their suburban backyard, Bon and her partner Dave created a beautiful garden oasis that yielded enough produce for Bon and Dave, but also enough to share with others. Bon soon became interested in growing flowers because of the benefits of companion planting flowers with vegetables. Bon fell in love when her first zinnia started flowering and then fell deeper in love when she noticed how the bees and other insects were attracted to it. A few years later, Bon and her family moved to Seton and started working on a new farm with a billion and one dreams of what they wanted to do with it. A few restaurants wanted Bon and Dave to keep growing veggies for them, but Bon's real passion was trying to create dried sprinkle blends. When the first big lockdown came, they made the decision to turn the edible flower farm into a dry farm and haven't looked back, with the sprinkles now being distributed Australia-wide. Wow. Welcome, Bon. Hi there. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Bon, you've got such a great story, and you know, I know you don't think so, it's, uh, but it's, it's, it's such a... So inspiring, you know, and and it's such an honest, open story that uh, helps other people who might have an idea or even who may have an idea and then end up heading into another direction. You know, it Mm. gives people, I guess it... I guess your story helps to let people off the hook a little bit from putting so much pressure on themselves to try and, you know, be perfect and meet demand and, you know, and without caring about what's important to them. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. Uh, and I have to tell people, you know, I asked Bon and she said, no, nah, no, nah, you don't want to interview me. But, yes, yeah, so I absolutely do want to interview Bon because, as I said, all of those things in the start, so... Your uh, flower sprinkles are absolutely booming and they're just everywhere now. And, and, you know, we had a conversation before we started recording that, you know, you're not the average farmer, you know, yeah. you're, you're doing flower sprinkles and it's kind of a little bit of an eccentric thing and an odd thing, but 
the benefit that it brings, you know, to the, the food, it just lights food up and it makes, brings sort of cheeriness and colour and, and delight. And, you know, I think that's missing in a lot of our foods now. You know, we quickly slap yeah. stuff together and we forget to really savour the delight of, of how it looks. We call it the fancy factor. There's um, a longer version that um, I had to Google what AF means at the end, but we call it fancy AF. And um, I I just love that they bring them because they bring me so much happiness and I'm loving that everyone else loves sprinkling as yeah. well. It's just, it makes me so happy. Uh, I agree with you. I think I, I love, you know, the thoughts of, sprinkling fairy dust and sprinkling magic and sprinkling positivity and I, the whole yeah. word sprinkle you know yeah. it just it has such a it has such a loving sort of um it's kind of like sparkle sparkle and sprinkle and it's got a gentleness yeah. about it but it's still full of its own excitement you know and I absolutely and it's it's doing something for yourself as well because let's face it you could put sausages and mash and veggies on your plate and just you know but putting some sprinkles on means you just put a little bit more love into it or you know and giving yourself some um love as well even if it's just for you I agree and it always brings a smile and then you don't want to eat the food yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's never my problem (laughs) (laughs) not mine either I don't I can't speak for you, but I've got a COVID belly and it's evidence that I don't mind some food. But <laughs> Yes, we look at photos before then. <laughs> I know. I know. I was doing that the other day, looked at a photo before and I thought, oh, man. Okay, anyway, never mind. Oh, and the other thing I forgot to mention too is that there's some nutritional benefits, like there's, you know, vitamin A, vitamin C, riboflavin, a whole lot of others. You know, I had to Google that, to be honest, because I Did knew you? there was benefits and I didn't know what they were. But, um, yeah, so edible flowers, is I think it's really taken off lately that, you know, it used to be like, you can't eat that, don't eat that, don't, don't eat that stuff and now it's kind of like oh can I eat that yeah I eat that? yeah I have to say if you're going to do it yourself I just have to put this out there you need to research every single flower that you, you can't just go and pick a flower and think oh it's great yeah but um there is nutritional benefits however we're just here for the fancy factor it's just for us um there's such small amounts that you add to each meal that you can't really hope for the best out of it but you know telling the kids or whatever that they're getting vitamins and minerals go for it because you know any bit to encourage the kids to eat some (laughs) but you know it's just one of those um amazing parts that it's the bright and cheeriness and you know getting berry diet which helps so a lot of our plant-based customers really love them as well just because you know it's right up their alley yeah, Sorry. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, me too. That's I I I eat plant based, but it's the um I think also there's a great saying, and I don't remember who said it, but I remember hearing this years and years ago. Um, food that is consumed when you're happy, it nourishes your soul, and food that's consumed when you're grumpy um puts toxins into your soul. And I don't know whether that's true or your or your body at least. And I don't know how true yeah. that is. But I, I go by that. So I try never to eat when I'm in a crappy mood because um it I, you know, I'm a bit I'm a bit scared of that. But honestly, like how can you not be happy when you got colorful sprinkles? That's a wonderful way of approaching it. I think that's a really good idea. So yeah, yeah I think so too. And if, if you're gonna have to have Maccas on the run, just be in a good mood when you take it. <laughs> Sorry, I eat a lot of ice cream when I'm grumpy. 
That's actually true. We usually get that shit when we're grumpy. Uh, anyway, anyway, let's let's talk about. So, tell us about this. Um, like in the intro, I talked about you started off with the suburban garden with yes. you know Dave and just the t- tell us about that. Like, what when you got together? Did you just look at your backyard and went, "Oh God, I got to do something," or did you have well, a real love for it? So, I always wanted to garden, um, but up in New South Wales, where I'm from, I'm allergic to everything. And I mean everything outside. Plus, on top of that, I'm actually scared of a lot of animals. Um, <laughs> and I wish I was lying about that. And I wish I could say being with nature just was really natural to me, but it wasn't. Um, but I knew I wanted to be able to garden. And Dave, my partner, is um, just a natural gardener and he uses it as a stress relief. So we moved to Tengabi and we had just your typical suburban um, house and house block. And out the back, Dave transferred, um, formed it with me. I was there. I um, transformed it from um, <laughs> um, this basic grass into a absolute oasis paradise. And we planted, you know, if you think of your typical standard, he had fruit trees in there. He had like multiple garden beds. And we used um, um, from the Diggers Club their techniques of um, how to feed a family in a certain amount of um, per square metre. And that was great. We had food coming out all year round. We had berries. We had everything in there. And um, one of my favourite moments out of that was that my um when my daughter was 18 months old, we got a babysitter in so I could go do tuck shop on a Friday once a fortnight because that's where you get a day off, isn't it? So you can do tuck shop. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I basically said to her babysitter, who was this young, um, beautiful, natural, like, you know, quite, a, I'll call it almost a hippie, like, um, I said to her, just take Emma outside at morning tea time. She will take you out there and you can go, she'll show you what you can eat. And it was amazing that, I threw my daughter and son, they knew what they could pick and eat and everything else. And it was just, um, it was an oasis. And it was some time that we could spend out there. And look, I'm sure there was plenty of arguments, like trying to, you know, <laughs> like getting jobs done with kids and little kids and all the rest of it. And Emma was always filthy and um, Sam was always, you know, pushing dirt around on a wheelbarrow or whatever. But it was just, it was such a happy little environment and um, I learned so much in that space. So we did it in quite a small area, but the amount of produce that we had coming out, it was great. I loved sharing the produce with neighbours and friends and all that kind of stuff, so it was lovely. So I think that's fabulous. A couple of things in that. The, the kids probably have damn good immune systems uh, <laughs> digging around in the dirt, which is which is something I think a lot of kids miss now but the other thing too is you just a few weeks ago I had um Ema McNellis on you know and she's she's talking exactly the same thing converting a backyard into um she had I think uh 13 garden beds and uh you know veggie gardens and 23 fruit trees and and she inspired me to get my I had big chunks of wood sitting out the yard I've been I've been looking out my window watching these chunks of wood thing and just one day we've got to put them up anyway after I recorded with her I thought geez you better get out there so we've just constructed veggie gardens and I've been saying I've been looking at the window saying god there's all this like bare ground under the fruit trees and that could be made into something so we're going to start um why not use the land constructively why have bare land just sitting there that you can't use and it's and it's it's just 
I, I know everyone finds different things satisfying, but like the just pure joy of pulling my first beetroot that I'd grown, I'd only ever eaten. And like I've had a great background, like growing up and everything else. Don't get me wrong. I've only ever, ever eaten sliced beetroot out of a tin. Yeah. I had to Google how to cook beetroot and it was just the best thing ever. And I but it just was so satisfying to learn how to grow your own fruit and veg. So, yeah, I just can't recommend it enough. And, look, we made mistakes. Like, there was flops and fails of different crops and everything else, but it's just going, oh, well, it was only a seed packet. Who cares? Or it was only a packet of seedlings, you know, we'll try again next time. So, and, you know, and one thing about gardening is that it will make you realise to be humble (laughs) because, you know, you can, like, grow a epic garlic crop one year for example and just go I am the boss at growing garlic and then next year it will fail and you'll just think I did nothing different yeah <laughs> like it's just it's one of those things that keeps you very humble which I love yeah. back in my box a lot so I love that you've said that because because so, you know, people get labelled green thumbs, and other pe- other people are like, "Well, I'm a green thumb disaster," you know, and that sort yeah. of stuff. And 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 I think you saying that is perfect because you know people might listen to this and think, "Oh, yeah," but but Bond, you know, had Imran, uh, she knows what she's doing. Bond knows what she's doing. You know, yeah. I'm never I'm never successful, but I think it's, a, it's fantastic to hear that. And I think yeah. you know, evidence. I'm looking right at my window right now, and I get this beautiful little lemon tree. But when we moved here a few four years ago, it was drought, and this yeah. poor lemon tree was just this sagging like it, it was just and I kept saying is it dead you know we're looking at it nice and I'm just gonna keep putting water on it because I I, I love lemon trees it was they're my favorite tree lemon trees and yep. and and then we've had a year of rain well it is flourishing it is bursting with these beautiful lemons and all at one, it was just sitting there going water me please water me <laughs> exactly you just had to put some love into it, and that's what gardening requires. It it is it's not high maintenance, but it's a bit needy. Yeah, right? let's put it like that. You've just got to um, allocate some time and all the all the rest to it. So yes, yeah. I allocate more time to my garden than I do my housekeeping, but <laughs> I'm fine with that now. Like once upon a time, I was really uncomfortable, but I'm like my rows out there are so straight, and yeah. <laughs> all the rest. My house isn't straight, but my rows are really straight in the garden. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's important too. We've got we've got a big dog and a small dog, and the big dog uh, traipses through the mud. It's been raining for two weeks here, and it's just you know he just traipses through the mud. And we 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 just give up. And and we used to be like right weekends we're going to clean the house, and now we're like no wait we're weekends we're outside and we're we're doing because you feel so much better. You feel exactly. fantastic. And I, I agree with that, giving it some love. We have, and we've got tomatoes. We've got no idea. It must be bird drop, birds must drop seeds. We have got this tomato um, whole plantation that comes up <laughs> and we have got thousands of freaking tomatoes when they come up. And I'm, ta- I'm talking thousands. We, we can't. And but and and as soon as we started tying them up, because they were just growing everywhere, we, we said, no, let's yeah. stake them and tie them up. Yep. Oh my god, they just they changed. Like they their leaves changed. They just yep. became really rich and it was amazing. And anyway, they say you should sing to your plants. So that suits me out there buzzing along. But yeah. I give mine some encouragement pet talk sometimes. Like, you know, you're not flowering enough, guys. Come on, get, get it together. <laughs> and I think my neighbours are, are too young. They can make memes out of me. Like 
<laughs> going, come on, guys, get it together to the violas. Yeah, it could be bad. But anyway, I make sure I'm very nice. <laughs> I can write a whole book about the crazy sprinkle lady, perhaps. So you've got a background in, in hotels and then a, as a truck driver, which is interesting itself. Um, yeah. And, and you could have made a career of that. And Dave's into civil construction and drives trucks and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, when you, you did that, uh, your, your backyard your backyard garden, your suburban garden, did that mm. sort of really, you know, was there a point there where you started to think, hmm, this could be a career? We could actually turn this into a lifestyle and give up the other? Uh, look, Dave always had dreams of um, retiring and then um, selling produce from our place and all the rest of it. He always dreamed of land and I, um, as I mentioned, am scared of everything, so was terrified of that. Um, but at the same time, I was more than happy to go along and do all that. So we we always kept an eye um, for property and everything else, um, but we... Yeah, coming out um, to Seton, we kind of went, all right, if you want to stay at home, like, or, or be at home during the day with the kids to me, like, uh, we're going to have to sort of work this out. Plus, we wanted to establish it for ourselves anyway. Like, um, we moved to 10 acres and we have not um, put all the place to, to garden, but there's a large amount of it now. <laughs> but um, we um, basically we were just like, how can we work this so that it can pay for itself? And yeah. um, and then from there, it, it's evolved a lot because, you know, everyone, a, a lot of people in our situation watch um, uh, Move to the, what is that, um, Country? Not Move to the Country, but River Cottage. River Cottage. Oh. They all watch that. I, oh, I can't believe you. Um, so <laughs> we watched the Australian version and we were just like, yes, we want to move to the country and have pigs and have this and have that and sell our farm boxes and all the rest of it. But when you move to the country, you're in the country. like, And we're not that far away from, you know, anywhere. But it's hard, harder to turn around and compete with big farms and everything else. And so we quickly realised that there is no way we can make selling vegetables and all that kind of stuff to um, local restaurants and all that viable because, you know, um, yes, we've got restaurants 10 kilometres away, but, you know, they're more cafes, but the next biggest one's, 25 minutes away and that's a lot for you know some zucchinis and things like that so we had to realize that we had to get smart about it and I always loved flowers um well not always loved flowers like I loved flowers and I thought well how about um through coming out here that I could grow cut flowers but even then I've still got to get them to florists and who are 45 minutes away either way and things like that so you we had to just keep adjusting and sort of go yeah, that's not going to be right. You know, how can we make it? And um, through COVID, we turned around. Uh, I've always been working towards making sprinkles, like making a dried long shelf life, but it was more my restaurants that were already using the fresh mm. um, that we turned around and said, we can't make this viable. Like, and it was no fault of anyone's, like all our restaurants closed and everything else or went to takeaway. And, you know, it, it was just heartbreaking for them because you could just see how um, much stress it was putting on all our clients and we sort of went you know what it's time to like take the bull by the horns and go for it so we converted to sprinkle farm and, and converted it to a dry farm we were really lucky 
all of our clients except for one, um, our corporate clients like restaurants and cafes, changed to dried sprinkles because for them it was a long shelf life product. So we went from having flower, edible fresh flowers for two to three weeks in a container um, to, you know, you've got years with the dried ones. So I started making blends and concoctions and I always imagine it's like a witch's like, how do you make your, you know, your blends? And I'm like there with my cauldron, like, you know, and stirring the blends up. Um, but yeah, we were just so lucky. Everyone took it on board and the, and my friends like that were just like, yes, we were at home baking with the kids. Um, they wanted to do it. And I've got chefs that are at home and foodie friends and they sort of, and it just sort of got out there and, and all of a sudden we're now posting Australia wide and we're now um, like selling wholesale to people retailing our products. And wow. it's just like, yes, <laughs> you know, it just, it was the toughest decision. And I was almost like, I was crying before we did the announcement on Instagram, like, and Dave's like, you know, we just need to do it. And like, once it's done, you, yes, you can delete it, but you know, let's just tell everyone. And it was just something that we went, oh, it's, just, it's like slipped in for us. And that was three years on the farm. Yes. So it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen. Um, it was just, it was three years of us trying to pivot and, you know, find our way. So um, you've just, and, you know, the Virgo in me doesn't want to be flexible, but I've just had to be flexible and enjoy the process. So, and one of my um, old bosses at um, Teneva, he told, one of the best things he ever told me, it was so simple, it was one door closes and the next one will open. So you just got to roll with it until the next one opens. And um, when I started listening to him, um, it, it just became so much easier. Yeah. And it's so good that you're sharing all this because, you, you know, like I've said on so many episodes, there's no such thing as an overnight success and it's so bloody yeah. rare if, if that ever happens, you know, it's just fluke yeah. if that ever happens. But there's yeah. so many years of struggle, you know, behind the scenes and I and you're talking about pivoting and, well, adjusting because we we're we sick of pivot, you know, adjust. Okay. <laughs> you know, well, you know, COVID. But it's... Um, <laughs> You have to be, you, you have to do this. I mean, I've done this so many times too. I've shifted to things, you know, depending on what people are asking for. And I mean, clearly yeah. someone's asking me to dig their drains. I'm not, I'm not a drain digger. I'm not going to go do that. But, but, yeah. you know, I can, I'm sort of like now back doing team building again, you, you know, from years yeah. ago. And it's um because people start asking me, well, why aren't you doing team building? I'm like, no, I'm sort of not doing that anymore. And, and then, but the, everyone wants to pay me for it, you know, so. Um, yeah. Of course, I'm, I'm going to do it, but it's kind of, I think that we have to start, we have to listen to what, two things, we have to listen to our heart, you know, so we have to do what we enjoy, but we also yep. have to listen to what's going on. But I think that, you know, we sometimes we can have an idea, are we going to grow fruit and veggies for the farm, for, for, to supply? And then yep. when it's, it's a, I'm going to call it a failure, but it's not, you know, then when it, we, in, we perceive it to fail, Mm-hmm. Then we we run but with our we often run with our legs tail between our legs and we say well yeah everyone's yeah. going to laugh at me um, if I do something else they're going to um, criticize me because my thing I decided to do and I so proudly stated um, yeah. didn't work and they're going to think that you know I'm a loser and we can, we get ourselves into this it's it's a it's a ridiculous state of of narrative yeah. about what we think other people are saying. They're not freaking saying it. Like they're yeah. interested in their own bloody lives. 
Yeah, and that's exactly it. Just keep your head down and bum up. It's like a typical gardener stance, but, um, yeah, just keep going. And if you have a network of people around you that are happy to pick you up and put you back on your feet and and go toddle on, you need to, like, make sure you keep that kind of network around you. So um, don't get me wrong. I've, you know, got people who think I'm batshit crazy and that's fine. Like, you know, um, I embrace that it took a while and it, it being your own business you can't help but take things personally and I don't have the ability to uh, just deflect things off so I've had to turn around and ask like what would you do in this situation um I'm lucky that I've got a network of friends that will turn around and say yeah you need to not worry about that person anymore or you need to like just um keep on going keep on going it's fine or yes turn around and tell them to bugger off like but you just Having a, a bouncing board would, is an amazing thing that you need to do um, to just keep going, like, and you just need to keep moving on and on and on. And I know that's uh, it just yeah, it can be so frustrating at the time and you can get so bogged down in one single moment by one single comment, um, but just keep going. That's all I can say, like, and, and utilise friends. Friends are happy to help you. The right yeah. friends are. Hundred percent, and none of us are immune to that. You know, I've had I've had dickheads, um, you know, making comments on Facebook. Not not friends, just strangers. Do you know? And and they're just yep. they are just freaking trolls. Do you know that they they love spending their time bringing other people down, and and when you think about the 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 rationale of that, like why would you be bogged down by the comments and thoughts of complete dickheads do you, yeah. you know but yeah. but we are but we are and the only way we can move past that is to have that network that is and and I think Gippsland in particular and I'm not just I, I know sometimes I sound pro Gippsland but that's just because that's where I live but I know that we have a a, a massive a group of particularly women you know small yeah. business owner women Yes. And we back each other, like, by God, we will pick each other up, do you know, because it's yes. we're not seeing, we're, none of us are about to see anyone fall, do you know, and if we, we'll do what we have to do. To, and I'm, I'm bloody proud of that, do you know, I'm really, really bloody proud of the women up here. And I think you just have to realise that sometimes you need to scope out of your um, demographic. So, like, when it comes to age, for example, I have a network of um, women that, um, I would hate to say the oldest age because I wouldn't even know, like down to, you know, early 20s who were starting business. Yep. And it's just um, everyone has different um, perspectives on the same situation. And yep. um, it's great to have that network around you. Yep. So. 100%. And don't just stick with your girlfriends. You know, like you might have friends yeah. from school. I do know people who have got like the same five friends from school and that's fantastic, but it's, they're not always the ones that have got the best advice. So they're, they're the ones that you get together on a Friday night, well, when we're not in lockdown and have your drinks, but they may yeah. not be the same ones that are going to give you the best advice. And, you know, sometimes they're trying to look after you and they say, oh, just give it up. Just yeah. why don't you just get a job, you know, because we hate yeah. seeing you in pain. And and so you've really got to think about who's giving you advice. Now, I'm not saying don't get advice from your, your best friend no. or your family, no. but often we do have to have people outside yeah. of that to help us. Yeah, it's um I was actually thinking about this last night. You need to have people that want to see you succeed. 
yep. um, around you. So, yes, they can be friends or, you know, but it's all about having people that want the best for you. Yep. So are happy for you. Um, so, you know, it's like you don't ever want to, you have to talk about it, but not talk like tall poppy syndrome and all the rest of it. But, like, you want people that will turn around and say, hey, give this a crack and um, that only want to see you succeed. Yep. Yeah. Yep, because believe it or not, there are people in your network who don't want to see you succeed simply because it doesn't serve them and their lack of security. And, you know, I, I'm saying that very bluntly, but uh, most of us do have people around us that that will happily pull us down and not because not because they want to hurt us, but because yeah. they don't feel safe if we're moving moving forward. And and that's yeah. that's they're toxic friendships toxic relationships and and it's um people are very reluctant to actually move those people on because yeah. it's like what will people say about me i'm going to lose friends but then i'm going to i'm going to say it bluntly are they your friends do you know and i we don't have yeah. this conversation often enough do you, you know yeah and i think um you're so vulnerable anyway having your own small business yeah. um and exposing yourself to all that kind of behavior is just heartbreaking so yeah. um you just you have to protect your heart yeah. um in small business and because you know it, you were just that vulnerable and i wasn't ready for that vulnerability i could stand up like in previous work and have all the confidence in the world because i was this representing that company and I should have the same confidence in myself and I do in my products and everything else but to stand up and when people are just being jerks um which you get on social media um it, it's just heartbreaking and I was just like oh, there's I know one comment in particular that near on um sent me like to my room to hide under my doona kind of thing and mm. I just think it still affects me now I know that person's crazy but like I just you can't help but take it personally so um out of small business I highly recommend yeah having that network so you know someone that'll come pull the doona off your head and say come on let's go again so no a hundred percent and it's happened to me too and it just one comment has knocked me off my feet for a month you know and and I refuse to post on um post ads on on public ads on on uh Facebook you know my yep. partner's constantly on me don't let one dickhead upset you you know but it is really really hard you know and and you know a friend of mine she's uh she supports women's rights you know very very strong advocate for her. and and these men on LinkedIn were making all these derogatory comments uh, like on LinkedIn you know like uh, grow yeah. up and why and, would you I don't know why would you and I don't even understand why would you have that fucking mentality anyway I shouldn't have sweared not sworn but <laughs> but it's, I did it first you sweared listen to me my good grammar I don't think there's an answer to this. I don't think there's a solution to this. I think that we're no. all human. We're all going to get um, yeah. knocked off our feet. We're going to get punched in the heart, you know, by yeah. things. But at the end of the day, we've got to think about, well, are they a person that's relevant in our life? No, they're not. And and should, yeah. we, well, should we have a crappy life because of some moron who, who has got nothing better to do than sit behind the bloody computer, hide behind the computer, then tick, yeah. tick, tick away like just like what a what a freaking miserable life they must yeah. have. Did, you know, if, they, if that's all they've got to look forward to is getting up and attacking other people. I, 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 I can't stand those freaking people. And yeah. 
I don't, I don't give a shit I, if I get bad comments from that saying that. I don't <laughs> care because what, what, what disgusting freaking behaviour, you know, to carry on. Just showing good examples of themselves, aren't they, for your, <laughs> for what you're talking about? Exactly. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just protecting yourself. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm no. totally with you. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, well, we better get off all that. Otherwise, we're going to get down a rabbit burrow. And uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Well, I think it's an important where, one, though. Yeah. <laughs> who knows where it's going to lead? Now, your grandmother, she had a flower farm. Was it? <laughs> did that sort of, um, I don't know, have you got fond memories of that? Like, did you think, I'm going to be like my nana, <laughs> anything like that? Well, I, to be honest, so I visited the farm um, when I was young, um, when there was flowers, but I can't actually remember any flowers in the actual <laughs> fields, which, but I can remember the buckets because I'd hop in the car with Poppy and head down to the florist to drop the buckets of flowers off. And I was uh, your stereotypical little pink girl that did ballet and did all that kind of stuff. So having these buckets of flowers, which is beautiful in my eyes. And um, so they had finished up a while on, um, but I just don't remember flowers in the field at all. And that makes me really sad that I can't, but um, I've got fond memories now. Nanny passed away a couple of years ago, but I was talking to Nanny about our place and, um, you know, how I was growing dahlias. And she's like, you're what? And I said, well, yeah, Nanny, they're the most beautiful flowers. And she goes, yes, we grew them then. Aren't they out of fashion? I said, oh, no, honey, they're so trendy now. And she's like, oh, <laughs> you could just hear that, like, oh, you young folk, you know, <laughs> like mannerisms. So um, it must have been those in the buckets that I can remember, but I just remember these big, beautiful blooms of flowers and um, and I just the excitement of going and delivering to the florists. So it's just, it's really sad that I can't remember them in the field but like my aunts and uncles all tell me and mum and dad tell me how beautiful it was hard work Bronwyn but like I just I couldn't care less I just love walking around my field when I've got all these dahlias in bloom and all the rest of it and you know walking around shaking it like I own the place like you know <laughs> just it's been really wonderful to experience that myself so and it was lovely to be able to talk to my grandmother about it before she passed away yeah. um and I you know telling her that we're growing seniors and she was just like <laughs> and like so you know it's nice that you know it's come full circle again so you know all trends come back don't they but the dahlias really shocked her yeah, they do come back. It's probably in your DNA too. So there's probably this flower, you know, flower DNA that's coming right through. But you, you just mentioned there that, you know, your zinnia and, and that you're growing them. And and isn't it, wasn't it a zinnia that started your whole flower excitement? I, yes. So when we had the place at Tengabi, so it was all just vegetables. And I mean, vegetable, vegetable, like give it to me all. And um, Dave, we sort of watch Gardening Australia because, you know, I'm not almost 40, I'm 140 in the way I behave. And I was sitting there watching and we read the Diggers Club like it was, you know, gospel and everything else. And I was like companion planting and it kind of spiked my interest. And I was like, oh, Dave, do you reckon we should like plant some stuff to attract bees and everything else? Because I'd always loved um, you know, the thought of bees and everything else. And Dave's like, yeah, for sure, let's do it. So we planted some um, zinnia seeds and marigolds and all the rest of it. And I was spending, you know, it was only a small garden, but I'd spend a lot of time down there and you could see it from my, my kitchen window and everything else. And one day all of a sudden this zinnia flower and I 
I don't know. Oh, I had to find out what they were. I didn't know what they were beforehand. It's just this big bright bloom, and it was pink, and and then I had an orange one, and I mean, it was electric orange, and I just looked at it. And I'm, that like we grew that and I think it was almost on the beetroot level of excitement <laughs> and um so it was really interesting and just seeing all the different insects that were attracted to it and all of a sudden we had ladybirds and bees in the garden and all the rest of it and I just sort of thought this is what you're meant to be doing I'm look I don't have many things that I will talk publicly about I keep my Instagram very um not PC but I um, uh, neutral and one thing that will get me riled up is roundup um, I just it's my thing I don't like it and realizing that you can garden naturally and you know attract the right bugs and all the rest of it and and having a little bit of faith as well in the sense of if I see aphids on my roses, I know that three weeks' time I'll have ladybugs, so I just need to breathe and tap the aphids off in the meantime. Yeah. Um, and doing things like that, the companion planting just got me hooked. Like, And I mean hooked. I was researching what I could match and all the rest of it. And all of a sudden our gardens became a very different-looking garden because it was just interplanting some flowers in with some we ended up with better crops we ended up with better produce and all the rest of it because um you know it was just such a happier environment so when we moved out to Seaton um our property was bare um it had had I'm assuming well, the previous owners had really bragged and were super proud about their mowing. He loved mowing and that's what the paddocks were. They had, um, we had two gum trees in the middle of the paddock and a lemon tree as well. So we we're very lucky about the lemon tree. It's beautiful. Um, and it was just a clean slate from there. But moving out to here, it was dry. We came in drought and all the rest of it. And I mean, there was so much love required to go into the property and that when I say love going into property, it generally means me shoveling horse poo, cow poo, sheep poo, like, you know, it went on and on and nutrients. And the first year there was a grasshopper plague. So I had all these dahlias planted and I was like, look at me on this, you know, dry ground. I've still got dahlias in there with my veggies and all the rest of it. And I, the ground would move. I had no idea like that grasshoppers were like that and um so you'd walk and the whole ground would just move and I'd be out at night time um and I know this might upset people but I'm gonna have to say it like uh, grasshoppers are slower at night time so we were out catching grasshoppers at night time getting rid of them mm. and you know I I just can't even there was one night I was out there and I'm just crying and because my dahlias that I had orders for for fresh flowers were all half chewed and I was just like, how am I going to do this? Why am I doing this? I am stupid. Like, you know, and just that roll that goes through your head. And I just, I was like, I've just got to keep getting these grasshoppers one at a time. And like, even the kids were like, is mum all right? And Dave would be like, she's just going out to deal with the grasshoppers, love. Like, she'll be all right. She'll come back in soon. <laughs> Just like, now I think about it, I'm like, how was I meant to find the grasshopper? Like, <laughs> it's just one of these things I had to do the process and it's just 
you know, <laughs> every business, you've just got to do what you've got to do. And, and then we had Harlequin bugs. I've never known what a Harlequin bug was before. And I had to learn about those stinky little things. And, um, you know, and but then all of a sudden it, there was a shift and I reckon it was around two and a half to um, three and a half years in between where we were just like, there's more good bugs. I can see more ladybirds. I can see this, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, all that time we'd spent um, naturally, like, dealing with everything, it wasn't instant, but it was, once again, a process and we got there. So, look, bring on this summer. Who knows what bug I'm going to be introduced to this year. But, like, just so you know, I'm out there loving my garden and dealing with it the most natural way I can. So, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Oh, we've got lots of harlequin bugs too. The um, what what you said that was interesting. I mean, I'm sure I want to go back because I'm sure a lot of people want to hear that again. You said about the aphids, you know, and I'll just shake them <laughs> off, and in three weeks I'll have ladybugs. Tell us more about that because we we I think we all look at our roses and go, ah, oh, bloody aphids, Do you, you know. So so what what happens in that process with a ladybug? So- I use my um my aphids. I use my roses for um, edible flowers, of course, um, and also for bouquets. So we have um, little petite whole roses, and we have big roses that we dry the petals and everything else. Um, so I never ever ever want sprays or anything mm. in my roses. And it was just one of these things that um, I saw on the internet. I'm sure of it. <laughs> was true that basically you need to plant the right things in your garden that will attract it one of the best things that you can grow is yarrow um and it will you can grow in between your roses or just off a little bit and that will attract your ladybugs into your farm and i have to admit i'm standing on the middle of my farm 40 degree heat in the drought everything else thinking you know what am i going to do and next minute i saw on the dill um, there was ladybirds and I just thought brilliant these guys are coming in to do your hard work and and they will do the hard work for you um, I'm forever posting about them all during summer <laughs> about um, ladybirds and all the rest of it but there's also um, and they'll come in and eat your aphids they eat a huge amount of aphids wow a lot and then they shag the whole time like there is just they're just the funniest little creatures and I can't help but love them so um you just have to embrace the ladybug and um plant as many flowering herbs as you can so chai flowers um dill is I don't even get any dill out of my dill I just plant them for the ladybirds and things like that and that will attract them and sunflowers that seems to attract them as well wow so you know that that piece of information in itself is so damn helpful because I didn't know that, you know, and yeah, we we get aphids and I look at them and think, oh bloody aphids. And you know, I've heard I've heard things like where you mix milk and water together and spray them and it's natural. And I tried that when I was in Trafalgar. That didn't work. And it's like, and I won't spray, I'm not spraying the bloody roses either with any um yeah. any stuff. And it's it's like you, I just put up with them, but I feel defeated. Do you know? And, yeah. and so nah, just ignore them. So just try and just try and attract more ladybugs. I didn't yeah. I didn't know ladybugs. Um, isn't it funny how uh, you you know you're talking about Roundup and stuff? It's yeah. We we often look at insects like they're just insects, but they are so damn critical. Like our ecosystem yeah. is critical. Do you, yeah. You know. And- and when people go, oh, it's safe, like, because it only kills these things, but that's the only things they list. 
Um, they, it was still kill all the other the good ones as well. They just don't list that. So, and I know look, you dragged out the soapbox with me, like, oh, but it just it was one of those things that I had to learn that you need to balance them in um, the garden, and they will do the hard work for you. And look, I get pasture snails and things like that, and we just remove them. Mm. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy that I've got all these flowers out there, but we just remove them and, um, you know, feed them to the chickens or things like that um, and do it that way. But you just need to realise, attract the good ones and they'll help you do that. There's yeah. things like harlequin bugs that you just need to pop it, like tap into soapy water and things like that or squish them. Mm. Um, just please be careful. Make sure you wash your hands with soap afterwards if you squish a harlequin bug. But um, you just need to um, make sure you've got a really good balance in there for the mm. garden. So, And that's by just planting lots of different things. So when we moved from Tungabi to here, um, we went from like really small sections um, because we love following permaculture practices and all the rest of it. So, you know, you'd have the onions there. Well, now we have a whole bit of onions. I'm using my hands. I'm sorry on a podcast. But, um, like, then what happens is, you know, but we've just done it on a grander scale. And that took a bit to adjust as well. But, you know, you can do it in a small garden where you've got all these different things and you get to enjoy much more during the year. So. Mm. Oh, I absolutely love it. And I, I love that you're talking. I, I just love that these all these little tips and tricks like planting the yarrow and you know, I I don't know I think it's fantastic and I think that people can grow you know grow a whole lot more in their in their small space yeah. I mean I know you're dealing with big space but you, you know it's um when you talked about before about the beetroot and the taste of it and I think that you know so um, you know, my partner's just brought home a bag of oranges from someone at work who's got a tree, and yep. we 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 just guts them, you know, because the the taste is just amazing. That the tomatoes that we grow are amazing. We've got a little veggie garden, and now we've got to fill these other two and do more. But um, the stuff you get out of your garden is is unbelievable, unbelievably tasty, and yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I I love it. So to try not to squish all your bugs, try to try to um <laughs> try to um, have a balanced. You know, yeah. I think that's what we need to spend more time doing is balancing our, our yeah. garden so that the bugs. Oh, and I know what I was going to say too before. When I was at at Trafalgar, I had veggie gardens, and and the the cabbage moths, you know, cabbage caterpillars were just eating everything. And yeah. I got I by by default it just happened that I got a duck. I had chickens, but I got a duck. And yeah. the the duck then started getting in and eating everything. And then the chicken thought, "What are you eating?" Did, you know. And then the chicken started getting in there. And before too long, they were they were managing the whole garden, and they yeah. were the best garden management crew I'd ever yeah. had. And and yeah. everything started growing and everything started flourishing because the ducks and the chickens were in there, um, you know, doing all the hard work for me. So yeah, so well, many things you I could mean, do. Yeah, we call our ducks and chicken and guinea fowl our um, team members. Yeah, you know, it makes me feel better that I'm managing all. And look, as I mentioned, scared of everything, including chickens and that beforehand. Um, we've now got 13 ducks and um, we've got three chickens and two guinea fowl. I got the guinea fowl because apparently they will break with um, snake um, alerting you and all the rest of it. Um, and because 
you can imagine if I'm scared of chickens and everything else, I'm terrified of snakes. <laughs> um, and you do get them on the farm and um, Dave works away uh, quite a lot. So um, I I have to admit, um, before we got it, I saw a snake and um, in the middle of the dahlia a patch cutting and look, it was 10 metres away, but I just cried because <laughs> Yeah. that's the immediate response you get to <laughs> um but you know um and then the chickens they all manage different things but the ducks have been instrumental in helping us with our pasture snail problem yeah. so our garden beds in the formal garden are all raised um a bit so the ducks go along the pathways and get out all the snails and the slugs in between um the guinea fowl have ended up being great grasshopper catchers so they yeah. help manage those yeah and um the chickens they're just beautiful and i love them but they do help out sometimes <laughs> like, you know it's just you um, once again it's just you know using all my team members to their full potential yeah. and look the cabbage moth and all the rest of it if you can um get the the grubs off when they come up yes but it's only superficial on you. On, no one normally eats the outer layers anyway yeah. or, or your broccoli and things like that. So I wouldn't even, like, I, I kind of put it in a box of, I don't have time to be, like, scraping off eggs. And if you can just deal with some holy leaves on your, um, your um, broccoli and everything, then leave them be and then just get rid of the ducks and all that will do the hard work for you. So, yeah, yeah it's it's picking your battles in the garden and um cabbage moths were not um my battle this year and it ended up being great but the year before they were eating my dahlias so you know yeah <laughs> yeah how can you win but it's just it's better and better like and you sort of learn what to focus on when and you know if we see cabbage moth floating around now we definitely go and keep an eye on all the dahlias and go like yeah. that so, hmm. oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And you did start up Gibsland last year. Did that program yep. help you? Yes. I, it gave me a network of other businesses that I um, are close by that I really uh, lean on. Um, yep. I've got Jen from Postcode Hives over in Terralgan, who's become a great um, person to bounce off. I've got Stephen and Alice um, from Hugh Charles that are just... Oh, so good to have around and then I've got Pete Collins who's an architect and he's um redesigning our um, extension of our house so you know I would never have met Pete for that I also got to meet you and I have to I've told you before and I'm happy to say it again you were instrumental in mentoring me from you saw that I was homeschooling I, I was trying to keep my business afloat I was trying to you know keep it all together pretend that I've you know am calm pretend that I'm you know keeping everyone happy and you were instrumental in mentoring me in that aspect so and you know we only had a couple of consults and I was just forever grateful it was just a game changer for me for that aspect of it all so oh, yeah for thank that you. reason loved it. I, was, I yeah. wasn't asking to get praise for myself <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but I got it thank you yeah. and I think that the the key with that is to you know um, joining programs like that is that you're surrounded by people who are barricading for you, do you and yes. I and I think that's that's what you need, you know, like, and you do learn, you do learn a lot of skills and you do get, you know, you do get mentoring, you do get support and that sort of stuff. But I think to be around this, constantly around this bunch of people that are all trying to lift their own businesses and they're all backing you and everyone's, no one's competing, everyone's cheering 
And I, I, yeah. I think that's what we need to find when we're starting a business is start find a group or a bunch of people that, as we've as we said earlier, that are just going to keep lifting you up. And it's yeah. so important. Yeah, networking is really important um, and it's finding your gang kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I've been really lucky with them. And I know that um, if I was to ring up, you know, Jen, all the boys and just go, I'm having a heart attack. They drop everything and come and help, like, yeah. and vice versa and all the, not a heart attack, but, you know, if yeah. I'm having a moment in my business that I I just need help or a coffee or something like that, they're all happy to do it. Like, and um, I've caught up with all of them since and it's just been the best. Like, and it's felt that we've known each other for a long time. So, yeah. or I've inflicted myself on them one or the ah. other. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. So no, it, that part was great. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I love. I have loved this conversation. Where you know, you you are just um, you've shared so many um, not only gardening tips and some and, and insights, you know, about how we can because I believe honestly do believe that we're poisoning this earth, we're killing this earth off, and and I'm a big advocate for you know getting this planet back on track and yeah. you know combating combating uh, whether you call it climate change or global warming or whether you call it screwing up the planet i don't care what you call it you know we we, yeah. we are going the wrong way we have to pull ourselves back and we have to get better yeah. and when you when you're gardening and doing all that kind of stuff and it's self well it's as organic as you possibly can you, yeah. you're only you know you might only be doing your patch but you're not you you might think you are, but you're yep. impacting the bees that come and go into other places and the bugs that come and go into other places. And, you you know, I just love that you're really promoting that and you're really advocating for it and you've shared some really healthy tips about how to do yep. it. I, I find it really inspiring and you've made me think, oh, oh. Where can I plant some dahlias? I'm looking outside thinking oh. I'm gonna put some I'm gonna put some flowers in with those veggies. And- <laughs> Dave, the romantic that he was when we first got together, he said, I'll grow flowers for you always so that you never I'll uh, never have to buy them. You'll always be surrounded <laughs> by them. I'm like, oh, I'm too <laughs> But you know, it's just been the best approach and everyone can grow them. Like, yeah. but it just takes, it's just another thing that you have to learn and you have to you can't just plonk something in the ground and expect it's going to grow and it's like that with relationships and friendships and everything else you've got to put some love into it and that includes as I keep saying horse poo (laughs) like you just need to put some love into the ground and then you know you will reap the benefits from that and it's just you know once you start planting plants in their right conditions and everything else and it's not something that you can't learn I've had to learn this my parents are beautiful gardeners but they garden very differently to what I do they um are more decorative around their property and everything else well for me it's got to be practical and when you find your garden style like your business style like you know everything else it, you know it's right. So you just need to back yourself and believe in yourself and go from there. And um, please, by all means, get some. I've got tubers spare. Don't you worry about that. We'll get you sorted with your own dahlias for this year. So <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I, I think more, the joy that I receive, I just want everyone else to. And that's, as we say, with the sprinkles, like people just love sprinkling. And, I, yeah, it's, it's become full circle that 
I love that I'm sharing my joy with everyone and they're sharing in return with me. Like when people tag me or in things like that, or send me photos of their creations. I I got a um a photo sent to me yesterday from um Annabella who's 10 and she decorated her mum's birthday cake and it was beautiful with our flower sprinkles and everything else. So it's just one of those things that I love that. What I do, I'm doing is just beautiful. It's hard work, but I, it's beautiful and I love it. And I'm always like Emma now, dirty and, you know, dirt under the fingernails and everything else. But it's just so much love goes into it and then it's such a beautiful product and then people are loving it in return. It just, you know, it's full circle. It's happiness. Well, you're bringing joy to the world and that's what we need. We need way, way, way <laughs> more things. And, you know, you can just say, well, it's just sprinkles, you know, And but, the, yeah. but what I'm always saying is if every single person takes care of their patch, we're going to have millions and millions of patches of joy, yep. you know, if everybody does their joyful thing. And and that's the only way we can reach a, a fantastic tipping point, you know, of love and kindness and happiness in the world. And I don't yep. care if people think I'm off my rocker. No, I, and I think you should also, if someone's, like, good at something, tell them. Yes. Like, there's nothing, like, I am forever <laughs> stopping my car when you're allowed to, like, stopping my car. And if I see someone in their front garden that is a beautiful garden, I'm more than happy to stop the car and tell them that their garden. I met the most amazing woman. She was in her 80s and her front yard in Dragon was full of dahlias. And it was the prettiest garden I've ever seen. I stopped and I'm sure she thought I was a psychopath. Like, you know, like, and she said, thank you, that's made my day. And it's just, it took me five minutes of my life and she gave me some great Dahlia tips. So, you know, it's, it's just something, if you see someone who is great at horse riding, tell them, like, just be kind to one another. And I think that's, you know, we need more kindness, as you say, in the world. So, you know. A hundred percent, hundred percent. It's not hard to be nice, and it's. It, I agree with you. I always say to people, "Oh, I love your dog. Oh, I love your jumper. You know, oh, that's that's cool. You know, this yeah. is. I love your bag. You know, that sort of stuff. People get surprised. They do get a bit of a surprise. Who's this lunatic talking to me? But it, they feel great. You know, you can change somebody's day just by those. Yeah, hundred percent. Now I've got to ask you the my get off the bench uh, question because this. Uh, podcast is to inspire people to take action. So what advice would you give somebody who has a passion, um, you know, like a passion idea, so something that, yep. and but feels defeated because they simply can't see how it could work? Okay. Um, so I had a bit of a think about this and I can pop it down to how I knew I was doing the right thing. I can be out in the middle of the hail. I can be out in the middle of the 40-degree sun. I can be out in the middle of the rain, you know, everything else. I can be out squishing grasshoppers, but I still knew I wanted to do it because I just loved it. If you know deep down that this is something that you really, really love and are willing to uh, basically give it your all because you know deep down it's the right thing, then keep going. Keep backing yourself and, as we said, find people that support you and are willing to help put you back on your feet and push you along. Um, You will know deep down it's the right thing. Mm. I didn't know it was flower sprinkles to start with, but I knew there was something for us in this farm that I could make happen. Mm. Um, Am I just all I can say is keep going and keep trying 
I'm not a very good risk taker. So, you know, I was still working um, at nights, you know, a few nights a week. And then um, basically we just had to say, I need to make the leap of faith, back yourself and keep going. If, if you're doing it in all these conditions that are just ridiculous and no one would normally do it, you know it's the right thing for you. So keep going. And I think intuitively we know, you, you know, we're, yes. but we're, 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 we're so good at doing what we've been taught to do, which is to, you know, listen to others and to, you know, not listen to ourselves. And 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 we end up, you know, trying to satisfy other people and, and not not wanting to be rejected and that sort of stuff. So I think we do yeah. have the answer in ourselves. You're you're right, you know. Yeah. I can give you an example as well, just for a visual for a podcast. There was one time that we had um giant sunflowers and we had a huge storming come in so quickly and out of nowhere like we knew it was coming but just not that epic I'm standing there holding with my whole body holding these giant sunflowers up because we didn't want to lose them while Dave is staking them and we are in fits of laughter thinking what the hell are we doing standing in a crazy storm holding up sunflowers giants like they were eight feet sunflowers and I just that's the moment then I knew it was the right thing for us and we yeah. were doing the right thing. So, um, yeah, there's a visual for you. Oh, that's a, that's a bloody ripper. I'm sort of imagining, no, just get a tarp and just stand there on a bloody tarp. That would have been easier. But <laughs> I held them up with all my like, these things. They were oh heavy. <laughs> and I'm like, hurry up, Dave. And um, it was just hilarious. So there's a visual. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. Oh, that's man. I've, I've loved this. This conversation has been so full, so full of rich stuff. And, and I particularly love you talking about all the things that went wrong because I, that's what people need to hear. You know, we, yeah. we need to hear that, um, you, that, that having your own business and doing the thing that you love can bring you so much joy and reward. But yep. it does not come without a hell of a lot of hardship, which I think is worth it because the the, the joyful results and the joyful rewards uh, completely yes. outweigh it. But you've been it's been such an honest conversation and I've loved it. Now, where can people find you? Website, Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so my Instagram is Bon in the Garden. You can find me on there. That's where we um, share everything. So from our day-to-day -day antics, you'll get way too much duck spam and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, also share how all our people that have purchased share their photos and you can for inspiration. Um, and we're working, so I'm hoping this website will be ready um, at bonningthegarden.com.au. We'll be out be up and selling on there. But in the meantime, everyone just purchases through Instagram as well. Yeah. And what about LinkedIn? You're on LinkedIn, Bronwyn Manley. Yes, I am on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, probably probably yeah. not, doesn't use it enough, but anyway. <laughs> and Startup Gippsland told me to use it, but, yeah, I do check in on it, but um, Instagram is my um, main thing. and um, Or otherwise you can find me on um, email at bonningthegarden at outlook.com. Fantastic. Anyway, thank you for joining us. This has been fantastic. So many tips, so much great stuff. And, you know, you, you just, this this episode is just going to, will have brought so much joy to so many people. And I'm so bloody thankful that you said yes and joined me today. Thank you. I really appreciate the time. Thank you. And um, thanks for listening. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. I'll catch you soon. Perfect. <laughs> okay. See ya. Bye.
Oh, guys, that was fantastic. I love all of the tips, and I tell you what, I'm inspired. I'm going to get out in that garden, and I am going to plant some flowers in amongst my veggies, and I've got to get more veggies going. But how fantastic to be self-sustainable and to contribute to the planet being better. And on the business side of that, Bron shared some hardships you know and everything that she um had to go through and everything she had to adjust you know just to find what the niche was for her but you know what there is a niche out there there's a little a little pot of gold a little stepping stone a little piece of the puzzle for every single person and you just got to find the joy so anyway i hope you've enjoyed that go check her out follow her on instagram at bon in the garden and check out all the amazing photos and i tell you what it really it's a really colorful instagram so um that's it for me i hope you've enjoyed it and thank you again for joining me this week and i'll see you again next week okay see ya hey thanks for joining me it really does mean the world to me now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.